0: It's Infinity Rewatch, but it's also Infinity War. And war is never good. Rewatches are good. War is bad. That's the first lesson of the
1: day, kids. I'm Andrew Fantasia. And who's with me? What's up, guys? Ryan J. Whitehead here. And whoa ha, <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Give it again now. Uh, yeah. No. Wow. This is uh, this is it. We made it to uh, to the big cinematic event that was Avengers: Infinity War. Wow.
0: We. It, I still remember this, seeing this, and like this was a big production. We all went together in a huge group. Uh, it's the biggest group I've ever gone with to a movie. And it kind of makes sense Mm because this is the biggest group of characters ever assembled in a movie until a certain movie called Avengers Endgame comes along. But that's a (laughs) podcast of a different color. Um, (laughs) Welcome to Infinity Rewatch, though, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Before we start with Infinity War, I wanted to bring something to your attention, Ryan. Um, Yes, sir. If you don't know about this, I might make you very excited in the next minute here. Um, Now, I I could be... I could end up saying this, and then everybody listening, including you, Ryan, might be like, duh, Andrew, that's old news, because I read comics very late after the fact. I never buy comics when they're brand new. And I just right. recently read something for the first time. So you're familiar with Watchmen,
1: yes? Of course.
0: Okay. Um, are you familiar with Doomsday Clock, which is the the Watchmen DC crossover that came out in 2019?
1: no i okay i knew about the doomsday clock in dc comics right that's referred to in the Watchmen.
0: yeah and then in 2019 they wrote uh, a 12 issue series called doomsday clock and it was Watchmen characters meet dc characters
1: what i did not know about this
0: yeah and it's it's written as a sequel to Watchmen, um and it's, it's it was a very cool thing but so you know dr manhattan Right.
1: Yes, and how yeah. How
0: he can like go into the future and go into the past. And he's always like it is now 1964 and I'm standing in New York or now it is 2005 and I'm on the moon. Like right. Like he's always going everywhere. Time doesn't matter to him. Right. Yeah. So at the end of Doomsday Clock here, uh, there are points where he starts because, uh, like I said, this was written in 2019. There are points where he goes into the future and he starts talking about Uh, future things happening in the DC universe, particularly revolving around Superman because he has just met Superman. And he's like, let me see what this man is going to be like. And then he says, like, he's saying like different stories. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So in 2025, this DC story is coming up. It's kind of like they're teasing what the company's going to do. Yeah. Then then he does something interesting here, right? Dr. Manhattan says this, he says on July 10th, 2030, the secret crisis begins throwing Superman into a brawl across the universe with Thor himself and a green behemoth stronger than even Doomsday who dies protecting Superman from these invaders. What? Sounds like we're getting another Marvel and DC crossover in 2030.
1: Oh my God! Oh, that's actually so true. That could that could definitely happen. Oh If
0: he's fighting for I mean, himself, I don't know who else uh, they mean.
1: I, uh, is there, Man, Martian Manhunter's green? <laughs> <laughs> and he could change sizes, so you know he could be a green Goliath. But that's true. Actually, um, that was quite the cinema or the cinematic. That was quite the uh, comic book event back in the day. I have that comic too, the Marvel vs. DC comic. Um, I mean, I love how uh, you included it in your Marvel vs. DC rap as well. Like that oh, was, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was good times. Um, so that's interesting though, but it's so specific to do it in 2030. That
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess they really I, like to plan ahead. Um, I love that title yeah. though. He calls it the Secret Crisis Uh, because dc's Mm -hmm. events all tend to be called such and such crisis and marvel's events tend to be called secret something like secret war secret invasion etc so it's like the perfect blending of the two that makes me really excited even though it's nine years away (laughs) that's
1: definitely a lot to look forward to man like (laughs) nine yeah nine years for that comic book event man that's advertising in the future like that's Real future looking and man, if they're advertising that now, whew, I'd frame that. So just, you can be like, yo, I remember this event on this day, knowing exactly. that it was coming.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jeff Johns uh, proves here with writing this, that Kevin Feige is not the only guy in the world who likes to plan ahead when it comes to superheroes. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was something very exciting to share, especially because this movie is all about crossovers and big events. Uh, So we have a neat little future to look forward to uh, if Doomsday Clock is to be believed. But you know who doesn't have a future, Ryan? The Asgardians.
1: Oh, no, they don't. Too Uh, soon? (laughs) Definitely too soon, man. They're still recovering. Like, still. (laughs) Um, So, okay, let me set the tone a little bit here. So Infinity War comes a knocking. Now, um, Kevin Feige did a sort of... uh, Sort of like an investor day presentation a while back. Um, It was the first ever one he did, and it was in the El Capitan Theater or whatever. And he talked about the Infinity War. He said, "Oh, it's Avengers: Infinity War." And at the time, they then announced that this movie would be two separate movies, and everyone was so confused as to why they're doing two separate movies. And this goes back to um, our our one division recording. Um, and, and this goes back to all the speculation that was going on. Uh, and so, um, so what happened was, was that he announced that like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna do Captain America and the Serpent Society. Oh wait, I mean Civil War.
0: What?
1: <laughs> and and so he mentions Infinity War is gonna be separated into two films and a lot of people kind of worked for it, but a lot of people had some really crazy ideas because everyone thought that Infinity War would lead to secret wars in this whole nine yards. So theories were buzzing like crazy about what Infinity War could be. And this goes, and the reason why I bring it up in the way I did was because a lot of people were spinning like, and this is where you get kind of the romantic ideas of what Kevin Feige could do because, you know, it's possible there was, there was rumors starting to surface at the time that fantastic four may be reacquired by Marvel. So, so everyone was buzzing about like how they could do it. Maybe silver surfer is going to be finally introduced because he kind of kicks off infinity war. Um, and so what ends up happening is, is that, you know, we're leading up to the press release of, uh, or sorry, the, the, the theatrical release of Infinity War and at D23, which is, I think the one you went to, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure. I can't remember. Uh, no,
0: I didn't go to those. I just went to Star Wars Celebration.
1: Oh yes. The Star Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. Anyways, my apologies, but D23, um, uh, just, uh, the Infinity War, uh, just before the Infinity War event. They actually had four big statues, four massive statues, and that were covered up over blankets. And uh, people were people were taking pictures of these blankets, and they're like, "Oh my god, um, they have these weird statues! Is this the premiere of the Fantastic Four? Because the way the characters looked, they look like they could have been, they look like they could have been uh, the Fantastic Four because uh one of the one of one of thanos's children the really big scary one uh looked like the thing like it looked like a, it could have been the thing so everyone was like oh my god fantastic four is gonna be in it everyone was getting super hyped about it and uh it turned out <laughs> turned out that it was thanos's children so i'd say about one quarter to almost half of the nerd population got it right and then the other half were very very disappointed wow. um Yeah, so there was a lot of hype about it, and then a lot of confusion as to why this is separated into two movies because we haven't really seen that since uh, I think Harry Potter did it with uh, with the Deathly Hollows.
0: Right. Well, that was like that was a trend that Harry Potter started, and then it's it became uh, it became sort of in vogue for Mm -hmm. novel adaptations to do it because once Harry Potter did it, then. Hunger Games did it. They're like, let's split Mockingjay in half. And then even the last Twilight movie did the same thing. Let's split our last movie in half. But I remember when the El Capitan announcement came out and they're like Infinity War part one and two, that personally, for me, got me really excited because I'm like, this isn't a story that like this isn't a book I can go by right now and already know exactly how it begins and ends that they're just splitting Mm -hmm. in half. Like, yes, there is the comic, but we already know it's going to be different. So, it's a giant movie they split in half where we have no idea what's going to happen. And that made me really happy. It's because with Harry Potter, yeah, I have fun. I went to all of them, I watched them, uh, I got the little toys and I waved the wand around and I was like, oh, movie set. But I went into all those movies knowing how they would begin and end because okay. the books already told me. So, the idea of a completely fresh script, not necessarily an original IP, but a fresh script based on the comics that was going to be this giant two-parter. That gave me all the fuzzy feels, man. That I was really happy about
1: that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but yeah, it, it, I mean, I was just inter- interested to see how it was going to play out, but it definitely frustrated me a little bit because like, you know, I would have to wait for so long to see the second part of the movie, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> just be thankful so that- we got it when we did because if we had gotten Infinity War in like December 2019, and then COVID oh, happened, we'd man. still be oh, waiting man. for
1: Endgame. So Oh man, yeah, it would be oh. and, and the and the tales would be still spinning of like what the story could be about. Um so yeah, <laughs> and then now but then um this is also when you and I have reunited yet again to to see this movie at, at its premiere uh together. And so we came in with the props. I brought in the cap shield and Thor's hammer, so we could look super boss. Um, it's, it's great. It was a great time. And we were with the rebel scum podcast network, which guys, if you haven't subscribed to it yet, you should definitely subscribe to the rebel scum podcast network. So yeah. What you are you waiting for? Us. Yeah. What are you waiting for? And so you can listen to us in our infinity rewatch. We watch as the watchers. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. So don't forget to, uh, hit that subscribe button and leave a like, and maybe a little comment, how you feel about how the show's going. Give us some love. Let us know what's going down. Um, Alright, so, that being said, we watched it, it happened, it was a thing. So let's get into it. So, first of all, the events kick off with the Asgardians, who are just taking losses left, right, and center. Uh, oh, that was oh, heartbreaking it was
0: after everything they went through in Ragnarok. Just be like, we made it, and then, no, we got slaughtered. Like, ah, oh, boy, yeah. the poor Asgardians.
1: And there's someone on the radio being like, oh my god, this is bad, right? And so... um then we get, we get a real tone setter right out of the gate, because Marvel movies usually start off as pretty happy-go-lucky, I, I would argue. Um, it's very rare that the movie starts off pretty dark. Uh, I think Iron Man 3 was kind of the first to have a darker tone set right out of the beginning, uh, then it went really lighthearted. And... Um, Then we got Infinity War, and so yeah, the Asgardians taking a beating, and then we have uh, Ebony Maw, which is interesting because Ebony Maw is actually played by the acting teacher of um, of I believe uh, Tom uh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh wow, Mm -hmm.
0: that's I did not not know that. That's really cool. So he's like, "Hey Tom, this is how you act, boy," and then he he (laughs) shows him the ropes. And
1: then he Which Ebony Ma is a pretty scary, dude. Like he's so a weird scary. and scary dude. <laughs> like he's like, you're all witness to the great Thanos. And then like uh That's a really and, good uh, Ebony Ma. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was I, I love that he like silences Thor and he's like shh like it's just like really creepy how the character how this character is. Um so so yeah, so you see Loki being as Loki as ever. And I love that Thor's like you're the worst brother ever because he brings with him the uh the infinity stone. And uh, of course being the the mischief uh the the god of mischief that he is. And so the so Loki tries to uh summon the Hulk and says, Oh, we have a Hulk, and Hulk gets a beatdown. And again, this is a great demonstration um, that was executed very well in uh, Thor Ragnarok, which is you take this one of the strongest characters, and you just um, with Thor with his hammer, you take that hammer and you just shatter it, and it just shows the the strength of uh, of the villain. And they did it again in Infinity War, where they throw the Hulk at Thanos, and and Hulk lays in a couple of good blows, but in the end, Thanos just rips him apart, just to a point, just gets knocked out not, it doesn't even get turned back into banner he gets knocked out yeah by Thanos, his, his proverbial which is hammer
0: scary. got shattered too yeah and to the <laughs> point where like mentally he's not he doesn't hulk out again until endgame like he mentally cannot go green uh and i i was wondering myself again i being ignorant of, of how the comics work in like and because I'm not familiar with Thanos and what he can and can't do, if Thanos didn't have any Infinity Stones, would he have been able to stand up to the Hulk?
1: Strength-wise, he would have been able to, to to have... It would have been a good boxing match for a bit, but I, again, the, the thing is you don't want to, the, the fight to prolong with the Hulk because the, the more time it takes, the stronger he gets, right?
0: Right. So Thanos could so, have held his own for a bit?
1: Yeah, but eventually Hulk can get strong enough to just take him out.
0: Oh boy. Green on purple. That's that's a boxing match I would watch. (laughs) I hope Creed 3 is just that fight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? So so yeah, it was quite the throwdown. Um, And we get to see Loki actually get pretty killed. Like he's pretty dead. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean,
0: before we even get the opening title, we mm-hmm. see the death of both Loki and Heimdall as well as Hulk's yes. defeat and a bunch of dead-ass guardians like before the title. And um, I remember I, before
1: the title. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I brought this, uh, the, the Blu-ray to my cousin's place. Cause he hadn't, uh, ever since he had kids, he hasn't been able to go to the movies as much. So he's like, Oh, oh man, I, I missed God. it on, on Infinity War. I didn't get to go see it. So I brought it over one night. And when the title hits, you know, after Dr. Strange and Wong fine banner and he's like, Oh God, he's coming. And then the title comes up. Nah, nah. My cousin looks at me. He's like, that's how you start a movie, man. Like that. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That is, that is definitely how you start a movie. And man, that's awesome that you got to share that, that first experience with somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, that's quite an, it's quite a movie to miss to miss out on, especially if, if someone enjoys it. So, uh, so yeah, no, absolutely. A uh, pretty epic for sure. And I, I love that you bring up the Hulk, uh, going to the Sanctum Sectorum and, and, you know, the thing I love about this too, is after this sequence, I love how we kind of get to see again, the heroes interacting with each other, but my, in their mild mannered forms, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just hanging out and they're talking like they're not in superhero mode just yet. And I love that. Yeah. They're going to uh, go buy a tuna
0: melt, this- melt together.
1: Yeah, they're going to go buy a tune of um, And so Wong uh, uh, Wong is uh, talking about, you know, a t- a attachment to the materials, detachment from the spiritual. and uh, But yes, Hulk coming through the ceiling is actually a direct rip from the comics, but it's not the Hulk. It's supposed to be the Silver Surfer. Uh, so yeah, um, he
0: gets thrown yeah. off his surfboard in a very uncowabunga way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes indeed. And uh and then it says then is is that evil is coming. And so which is pretty crazy. Uh and uh so I love that beginning. And then and then we get and I will also say I think the art team, the art and costumes team this time around, I mean the movie the movie and the tone that these these heroes have in this one, they never looked better. Like I don't know what it is about this one, but the heroes have never looked better.
0: I think I will agree with you like 90%. I, cause I still, I'm still in the camp cause I'm a weirdo. I really love the Avengers one Captain America costume. And even the Avengers one Black Widow look. Cause in this one, Black Widow's got like the platinum blonde short hair. And I'm like, that's fine. But that doesn't look like Black Widow to me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> me, Black Widow is yeah. the, the redhead. Uh, but I, what I find interesting about the costumes here is that there's a lot of they they took a lot of the accents and made them darker to kind of go along with the dark tone of the movie. Like the captain America's star on his chest is black in this film. Yes. So yeah. are the six sort of circle things like the six metal nipples that Thor's got on his chest plate. They're all black too. And they're usually silver.
1: Um, true. Yeah. I, I think, um, well, I think that, uh, that cap suit is obviously it's the same suit, so it's kind of wearing out over time. Yeah, because because again, he's on the run. He's a nomad. He's the nomad at this point. He's not even Captain America. He's a he's a war criminal. So, um, so yeah. So at this point, he's not. His suit definitely has some wear and tear. I, I agree with you with Thor as being black, but I don't know. I always had the the running theory that because his his outfit, I think, is supposed to be the realms on his chest um and and maybe they're black because you know the world's going in, into chaos oh
0: now that's <laughs> a tidbit i did not know about thor's costume so it's like he owns like he runs the nine realms or whatever and he like takes yeah oh
1: that's nice Ex- uh, i like to think that or at least i like to think i don't know if it's confirmed but i like to think that so so yeah so i love this 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 scene this first act here because the first act Probably has the most incredible pacing, and this movie has just enough dialogue, but it's pretty action-packed. Like if you look at the grand scheme of the whole movie, I think there's more action than there is dialogue, and and rightfully so. I mean, the movies up up until this point have been building towards the story, right? So, um, so we uh, we get uh, Stark and uh, we get Stark and and Potts doing their their you know even our afternoon jog. And they're talking about having a daughter, uh Morgan, which is actually based on a real comic book character. Um, that because uh Stark says, Oh yeah, what your cousin, uh Morgan, and, or something mm-hmm. like that. And yes, uh Pepper Potts does have a cousin, he's a he's a very out of shape dude <laughs> um named Morgan. Uh and uh he and Morgan uh likes to hang out with the Iron Fist.
0: Oh, there you go. Crossover confirmed. Mm-hmm. But as he's long, a bit sketchy. Back, he's a sketchy
1: uh, dude. He, he, he does sketchy things.
0: Oh, well, that makes it. The world of Iron Fist was full of sketchy people. As long as they bring back <laughs> what's-her-face, his his friend, the what's-her-name, the white dragon or whatever. Uh, oh,
1: Jessica Henway. Like as
0: long as they bring her back and they leave out Bakudo. That's all I ask. <laughs>
1: I you know I think that uh, the guy who played Iron Fist he definitely looked the part. I just I don't think the writing was in his favor, but he definitely looked the part. Yeah, yeah, Um, I think he
0: played it well. The whole like he was a dense dude at the end of the day. He was just like a a dense hippie. Uh, But I love this this Central Park scene because when Bruce, Bruce, when Bruce, that's how talking Mm. works. When Bruce approaches Tony, um, he's terrified. And uh, because of what he just saw and Tony's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And like, he hugs him and like, that sells it for me. When you see Bruce Banner Mm -hmm. so shaken up, he can barely speak. And Tony, who is usually not the most like warm person. Mm -hmm. He's not the type of guy who would just go and hug you for, to see that combination of like Bruce Banner's terrified to the point where Tony Stark hugs him to be like, it's okay. I'm like, damn, that, that tells me everything I need to know about Thanos right there. That proved how scary Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, it, again, I I don't know. It's it's hard to say how much of this is, is writing, directing versus, like, actors' choices. But um, if Ruffalo definitely did that as a choice, smartest choice ever again. Because you have to understand also that, and, and the movie does a great job, is, like, no one has seen Banner in a long time. Like, he disappeared, right? Like, he full out just disappeared. And as far as they know, they don't even know that he ran into Thor. Like, yeah. Thor's been gone. So... So yeah, he comes in and he's just like, just, yeah, goes up and hugs Stark. Like it's pretty intense. And it's interesting too, how Stark seems to dismiss anything until it's like proven kind of like he thinks like a, like a scientist, you know what I mean? Like he'll, he'll kind of disagree with the flow of things until it's actually proven that something is wrong. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I love, cause I love when strange comes in, he's like, you're selling tickets to something like what? <laughs> what is this? Right. Um, And so they kind of tell him about (laughs) they tell him about uh, they tell him about this Infinity Stones, which is, again, a great job of of keep keep refreshing people's memory. But keeping people who may not have seen the old movies uh, refreshed, you know what I mean? Or like at least like get him kind of caught up in in terms of what's going on. Uh, And you can see Starks just really just like mind blown like as as to what is going on and i love that he gets up casually stark um and we've talked about this in past podcasts where you know stark's like his mind's running a mile a minute like he's constantly he knows what to say, but he's constantly already like working on the next thing. And I love that he leans on the cauldron of cosmos and he's just like, Oh yeah. You know, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then uh strange. Like, are you seriously leaning on the cauldron of cosmos, which is an actual real comic book reference. Uh, the cauldron of cosmos is a real thing. Um, so, so I love that uh, like Stark's like, okay, let's just get rid of his power. Like, let's just toss it away. And it's, it's already a point of contention, which between the Marvel heroes, which works so well as like comic book dialogue, like it definitely felt like reading the pages of the comic book. Um, and then we get the introduction of uh, Ebony Ma again in Call Obsidian uh, and versus Tony Stark and Doc Strange, which is one of the coolest fight scenes ever. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, man.
0: Ebony Ma's a powerful dude. Like I, I knew nothing mm-hmm. about that. What are they called? The Black Order? Those four people? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The the Black Black Order. Order. I knew nothing about them. I had heard the name Proxima Midnight before, probably from mm-hmm. a trading card somewhere, but I didn't know anything, what they could do, whatever. So when I see Ebony Mon, he's doing his his magic and he's like shooting shards of glass. I'm like, wow, this dude is legit. Like he could he could be a supervillain on his own. Why is he bumming around with Thanos mm-hmm. for? Like this guy's got it made.
1: Again, another good reason why to show how powerful uh, Thanos is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh so i love this fight scene and i love dr strange in this one this is dr Str- i've been talking. i've been talking about this in past podcasts leading up to this this is dr strange unleashed man like this we see dr strange in full sorcerer supreme mode and oh, like this is his and,
0: movie no question this is yeah oh movie.
1: for sure and like like the, when the ship comes in and it's blowing all the dust everywhere and uh and like you just see dr strange start using magic the whole time like he uses he, use, he does the hand gesture blows all the dust away, and then, um, and then on top of that, once the once the fighting starts, and once the fighting starts, it's it's so great how they throw the first punch because you see that uh, Stark <laughs> tells Banner to turn, transform, doesn't happen, and I love the line, "Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards." <laughs> it's just so good, but we get to see his uh, his nanite suit. So clearly, Tony's progression is is moved really fast to a point where now he's using nanites that, that come out of his chest plate um, into like a full out, out like suit and it can organically create whatever he wants, which is insane. And uh, I feel like I'm just gushing over like every single moment here, but it's, it needs to be said too, just to show you how far Stark has come with, with the movies after civil war, you know, Um, He still had to put on his suit through like a helicopter Uh, uh, and now he can like freaking summon it from his chest plate.
0: Oh yeah. There's a ton of great progression storytelling in here. Like just little things that happen or little things that are said that show you Mm -hmm. how far these characters have come since the last time we've met them. I think that Dr. Strange and Wong have this really interesting thing where in this movie, they, they say it as a joke, but it tells me a lot about what these two have been up to you. Cause when Dr. Strange, the movie ended, he, he wasn't living in sanctum Sanctorum. They just kind of gave it to him. And they're like, yeah, that's your place to guard now. Like we never saw yeah. him living there, let alone living there with Wong. But when we meet them now, they're they're already at the point where they've been living together so long they have a collective favorite flavor of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> he says it's- he doesn't say a hulka burning fudge is my favorite, he says a hulka burning fudge is our favorite. So that tells yeah. you so much with that one word of like these two dudes have been doing this thing in the Sanctum Saint Torn for a while now.
1: Yeah, it's it's a real great way to demonstrate how much time has passed, and and not only that, the last time we've seen Doctor Strange with Thor, he seems to already have an understanding of the flow of time, like because Thor kept skipping to like different scenes and he was so confused, but to Doc Strange, like this is like this is normal stuff for him, like th- the little intricacies of like coming through a doorway and like greeting someone, like he's he's already past that, because it's just probably so probably so uh routine you know what i mean like it, it's it's like okay let's get to the point like he just seems to have such a grasp of the the time and thing time and movement and when he fights ebony ma like you know he's like he's already summoning portals like no problem drops banner off in the park and he's like all right and wong summoning this huge um uh the shield of Ashanti to block these trees being thrown at him and it's just it's crazy like it's the the power they're unleashing is just absolutely nuts, to a point where they ha- they're working in sync, right? Like they'll uh, Ebony Maw shoots like pointy bricks at him, he creates a portal, goes through one end, Wong reopens that portal, comes out the other. Like they're working so well together. And not only that, he was going to use the ti- uh, the time stone to like do some crazy magic before uh, Ebony Maw like just grabs him. Yeah. That oh,
0: there's that's why I, I I've said it in the Doctor Strange episode. I want like five more mm-hmm. of those movies. Just give me, I, give oh, me yeah. all the wizards. And then uh, there's another moment that if we if we move ahead after the the fight here, um, mm-hmm. after you know Spider Man has joined in and we got our yeah. Stanley cameo and they they rock it off into the donut ship, which I love that donut. <laughs> by the way.
1: There's another which, which I wait 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 hold yeah. on. I want to point out one thing about this. This is another thing I love. It's a battle in New York. And because it's so epic, Spider-Man notices and comes in. That's awesome. That's yeah. I want to see a thousand times more of that.
0: Exactly. It makes perfect sense. He's just, nobody called him. He's just there because he lived yeah. there and he's like, "Oh, time to go. And I love that use of the the hair on his the arm. Spider the spider sense. The spider sense. Damn, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. uh but the Peter Tingle. <laughs> the Peter Tingle. Oh boy. There's uh, There's another moment that I think tells me so much about how far a character has come. And it's when we transition into, I think you and I both agree, the the best uh, text setup in anything ever. Space. Yep.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They're just they're just in space. Doesn't space. know where they are. Just space. Uh, well, and I, and talking about time passing too. I think that's what a, really the first act is about. Which coincidentally, it's about the time stone. Um, if you really think about how genius the layers are here, but you talk like Bruce, not only hasn't seen Stark for a while, but they have the conversation that the Avengers have been dissembled, uh, disassembled and, you know, like Bruce is like, what? Like, yeah. he just doesn't understand how much has gone by. Um, yeah. Like so how can yeah, you no, have like, a
0: falling out with Captain America? Like everybody likes Captain mm-hmm.
1: America. Exactly. So, and so the first act, I love it. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we could just gush over every single moment, uh, but it's, yeah, we have to keep moving here because there's a lot to, there's a lot of ground to cover. So yes, we get the cue off into space, which is probably the best intro of the Guardians I have ever seen. <laughs> like, I remember just like, I remember getting so excited in the movie theaters with you guys, because like, it's just like such a feel good moment with the, with the Guardians like dee-
0: Diddy. yeah you know right away as soon as you see space mixed with that one note from Rubberman, you're like okay i know where we're going
1: <laughs> uh, yeah i got that bass line uh, i love it and then not only that um you got a beautiful diegetic uh movie soundtrack experience right mm-hmm. they're always listening, they're listening to their tunes They're listening to their tunes, Uh, and I love that they're singing, and again, time passes because you see how much time has gone by, because clearly Drax is incredibly bored of hearing probably the same music. I mean, a thousand songs traveling in space, I'm pretty sure that they've heard them all at least a few times by now. Oh, thank God Uh, they gave him that
0: Zune, otherwise.
1: (laughs) I still think that's not enough songs for traveling through space like a thousand songs or oh 100? that was less it was songs? it
0: was 300 songs I think on the scene. oh yeah yeah
1: it was Sorry. not good
0: but uh, once they they bump into literally bump into thor and he climbs aboard their ship it's a it's another great crossover that we haven't seen happen yet uh, but we get mm-hmm. this super subtle little moment that I never noticed till this rewatch that I just did of another beautiful little character progression because there's a moment where thor you know he doesn't trust the guardians and they don't trust him they've just met and i think gamora says something to thor that kind of upsets him and he takes a step towards her right thor moves towards gamora like angrily and who puts himself between them but drax drax kind of steps forward to be like hey you like, don't, don't mess with her. And there's no words mm-hmm. for that you just see Drax kind of take that step. And I've never noticed that before, but I'm like, that's cool. Like that is not the same Drax from volume one. He wouldn't have done that. So he is, he is growing so much more. And ah, I loved that. So that would have been my favorite new thing that I caught in this whole rewatch.
1: <laughs> oh man. I, <sighs> The Guardians. Oh yeah, no, this scene's really cool. I think this. What my brother and I were talking about when we were talking about Infinity War was that the the use. I and I remember watching this on or on YouTube with the Russo brothers. They were saying that they used a lot of purple in this particular shot, which was really interesting that they used it. Um, and I definitely like how they brought in the event, or the Guardians um, by running into uh, Thor. I think that was really brilliant and oh my god i love the lines i love the lines between the guardians and thor they're like tracks is like it's like a pirate had sex with an angel <laughs> <laughs> like the way that they describe described thor is just like i was i i'm pretty sure i was tearing up laughing because it was it was absolutely hilarious um but yeah no there's a you can tell thor is just at like Thor is just had it like he, he's just done he's ready to he's ready to just go at this point oh yeah he's
0: uh, fresh but, off of fighting hella and all that crap and like he hasn't even had time to breathe
1: yeah exactly he hasn't had time to breathe or breathe or anything so um and uh through this they talk about Davelier, which is nice to see that we're seeing other areas of asgard and and the cosmic world and again if you're gonna do if you're gonna do thor you gotta get weird man you gotta go to places where we're not gonna be able to see or pretty much understand like you you want to thor is supposed to be our way of understanding you know what what he's going through and all that stuff so they talk about in a davelier and you're like you get stoked because you know that's that's where they, the the dwarves are and that where they make all the cool stuff so um yeah so that was really neat and then so i love that scene i love that they they bring that in and it was wonderfully shot wonderfully directed um And so then we move on to Vision and Wanda Scotland, Um, yeah, in Guilded Scotland. Uh, Terrible accent. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) So what happens is is that I love this scene because again, it's again, this scene's really good because you can see that first of all, Wanda and Vision, they're in a full relationship now, but they have to hide from the world, Uh, and thus building their incredible story and again this is where i think scarlet witch's story is is and why it's so smart to do this wandavision show is because like again like now she's got the love of her life and and it's funny because they actually have that scene by the restaurant or the cafe where they're like it works right like our love works yes Yeah. and exactly. there's an acknowledgement and the second the second there's an acknowledgement he gets impaled. He mm-hmm. gets impaled. Uh, he gets impaled by Corvus Glave's glaive. and um, and yeah, it's it's it gets you, man. It makes you jump because the the pacing in that moment where they're like, okay, something's wrong, and and she's like, okay, maybe leaving is not the best idea. Maybe we should stick together, and just glave through the chest, and just that scream of pain. Oh, so good.
0: I have here, it might be one of my favorite notes I've written for the show because I I don't tend to stop and think when I write the notes, I just write them. So I I get it out of my head. But I wrote here, Vision's hands looks like he spent a year eating ketchup chips. (laughs) (laughs) Which if you non-Canadians out there don't understand what I mean by that. uh, Ketchup chips make your fingers very red. Uh, And speaking of colors, I noticed something cool here in the room where Wanda and Vision are staying. I don't know if yes. they have an apartment or hotel, but Wanda's standing on one side of the room and Vision's standing on another looking out the window. And there's two lamps in this room. Mm-hmm. And there's a lamp on Wanda's side and one on Vision's side. And the lamp on Wanda's side is red and the one on Vision's side is yellow. What? Isn't that neat? It's... Yeah, the lampshades are two different colors and they match the people there that are standing near them. I huh. that was very cool. Very cool and very yeah. odd. Kind of like yeah. WandaVision, the show itself. Which okay. I think by the time this comes out, it will have been over. So you will know what happens at the end. But we are recording this a little bit earlier, so we don't know yet. So don't tell us any spoilers, okay?
1: yeah. Yeah, don't time travel and then come tell us what happens. They'll be very upset.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but at least Horvus Glaive's um, impalement, at least, uh, you know, it's horrible because we like vision. We don't want to see him get hurt. But at least it gives us yeah. an opportunity to say hello once again to Mr. America, Miss Widow, and Mr. Yeah. Falcon. No last name. He's like Cher.
1: He's just Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh the winged falcon i don't know (laughs) know. um so yeah uh, i love but i loved wandavision's fight scene with proximo midnight and corvus glaive um first of all some of the fights uh the fight scenes in this movie are just absolutely gorgeous um especially wanda scarlet witch man i want to see more fighting from her doing all these crazy hand gestures and doing uh shooting these bolts flying around um I think two two of the moves I love that she does is um one I just love when she flies like the way they make her look when she flies feels so natural mm, um, it's very superhero
0: it, it feels like like a like a superman pose but unique to her you know it's got yeah. like you look at it and you're like that is scarlet witch
1: yeah and and one of my favorite moves that kind of makes her scarlet witch is she does this kind of what I'll what I'll just define as a yoga bridge where she literally just like <laughs> almost backflips but just touches the ground but throws midnight uh proxima midnight into like a car or something and takes off uh to go save vision and uh and i love that uh again she's repairing them like you, you can see she doesn't really hesitate with the powers at this point like she's very familiar with what she's able to do but yes we get introduced back to uh cap is nomad cap and he, Great way to introduce him with the trains running by and then they catches the staff. Um
0: He looks great uh, with that
1: beard. Oh yeah, yeah. He looks very Yeah, actually Isabel was saying too when when I was getting ready to watch Infinity War, um, and then later on Endgame, um, she was like, Oh, is Endgame the one where he still has his beard? And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, he still has it for like he has it for like the beginning. Yeah. And then he loses it and and then he loses it, and she's like, Oh man. <laughs> love that beard. Chris Evans and, yeah, Evan and that
0: beard are yeah. delightful. They're they're a good match.
1: They are a good match indeed. Um so again, uh we now understand the story that Wanda's in hiding with uh with Cap's team, the Nomads, I guess. Uh and uh they go home. They go back to the Avengers base, to which we see uh Rhodey with uh with what looks like uh the what looks like with uh, military defense group with obviously good old Thaddeus, Thaddeus Ross, Thaddeus Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Ross.
0: Thunderbolt Ross. I really want the MCU to give us Red Hulk. I really, every day that passes in my life makes me want that more and more.
1: I, I, I think it's, want to I see think green it's Hulk very possible. Red Hulk.
0: Yeah, it's very possible. Just, I, I want some green on red action. I want to see that fight.
1: You know it's it's funny you say that too because I think that because um, like again when you sign on to a Marvel contract if your character is like a principal character which means that you're gonna have some 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 lines of dialogue I think you sign on for like like six movie deal I think was the introduction six movie deal so it's very po- like like uh, William Hurt only did one film technically so. <laughs> <laughs> uh at this point he's done two so he still technically has four
0: well this would count as his third because civil war so
1: oh yeah sorry third yeah, so he has so three more
0: this is third apparently he's in black widow so there's so four. four he's also in endgame for a tiny bit so five um so yeah maybe no, maybe no. he shows up in she-hulk i don't know
1: yeah maybe Well, yeah, but even if if that's true, then that's perfect, because you can still introduce Red Hulk there as well. Exactly. I just Um, want to
0: see him turn red and fight Green Hulk, and it'll be beautiful. (laughs) And in those comics, there was also a blue abomination. Do you remember that?
1: Yes. Yes, there was a blue abomination, and abomination Mm -hmm. is returning in She Hulk, so.
0: Yeah, we're getting there. We're one step closer to Red Hulk. Uh, So, yeah. A bunch of Hulks. Bunch of Hulks. So, the movie's just called Hulks. Uh, but Angley is not directing it thank god uh and then uh yeah so we we meet war machine and he's back on the crew and there's it feels like there's no hard feelings between war machine and cap and everybody which i think is good because yeah. i'm i don't want to see them have to deal with that crap. there's more important things happening right now yeah. um but the we start seeing more and more of gamora's relationship with Thanos now and that becomes important because this is at the end of the day a Thanos movie and we'll talk Mm -hmm. more about that later but we you know when the Guardians are are, when they learn from Thor what Thanos did we really spend a lot of time with Gamora dealing with having to fight her dad and it's very it, it feels very like Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi of like listen I'm gonna go deal with my dad I know him I know what he'll listen to I know what he won't listen to if it comes down to having to kill him, which it probably might, I know how to do it. And everybody else is like, "What are you doing? Don't put yourself in danger." But like, they have to listen to her because she's literally their are in. She is their way in with Thanos. Uh, but then yeah. it's not working too well for them when they go to the collector's house and he's just uh, Thanos is already two steps ahead of them. He's got that reality stone, Ryan, and he fooled oh them. He fooled them with trickery.
1: Well, and you and it's interesting because the way the reality stone... First of all, I love how they use the reality stone because we don't really get to see it do too much in in Dark World except for explode and open holes and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> open holes in the world and stuff. So we don't really get to see it do too much crazy stuff. Uh, but what I like about this scene too is that it looks very similar to Wanda's powers, the way it creeps through um, the the world, right? uh so or nowhere so when the guardians fight thanos first of all i love that drax just goes crazy seeing him reminding him of the goal um so when first yeah so when they try to attack him uh thanos uses the reality stone to turn mantis into these like long strands of curls drax turns into a pile of blocks and actually this is the same Thing we see in the comic, he actually does that too. Uh, Mantis and uh, and Drax, that actually happened frame for frame. Wow! Yeah.
0: You know what that reminds me of? It always reminds me of the scene in Aladdin, the the mm-hmm. animated Aladdin, not the new one, where they go to deal with Jafar, and he's like made himself the mm-hmm. Sultan and everything, and like he he turns Abu into a toy, and then he turns the carpet yes. into like a pile of string. That's what mm-hmm. I always think of when I see that.
1: Yeah, it's it, I was I was surprised to see. It. Oh, actually, sorry, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, sorry, it wasn't Drax and uh, Mantis in the comics. It was Nebula and uh, another character in the comics. I can't remember who. Um, uh, Christine Everhart, Annihilus. That's who. It yeah, problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but, uh, you but said, yeah, I, you
0: admitted it. She's Annihilus. Uh,
1: no, no, guys, I tricked anyway. him. I tricked him. It
0: took you this many episodes, uh, but I finally tricked him into admitting uh, I'm right.
1: anyway um but yeah i love i love the scene too when like after the 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 whole show is over like i thought there was there was a moment there was a split moment where gamora like cuts his neck open i'm like oh wow that's that's interesting Mm -hmm. and then i realized oh wait like there was a split second moment where i thought she had him but then i was like oh wait and then the the show is over i love how uh oh man i love how the collector he's just like Magnificent Magnificent Like just applauding him.
0: I love just thinking of the fact that Benicio del Toro showed up on set for one day to just sit in the box and be like, "Magnificent." Magnificent!
1: uh i love that and so and i love the that the tension that thanos brings to quill where he's like uh you know you gotta do it she made you promise didn't she mm-hmm. and like just torturing him oh my god and uh and in the end like yep makes him turns it into a bubble gun uh which i love uh i love that i love that tension that that's really dark for a marvel movie i think um which was really well done and Quill,
0: uh, both Quill and Iron Man call people by a lot of crazy nicknames, but I think mm. Quill calling Thanos Grimace has got to be yeah. the top of my life. Oh boy, yeah, we're that, that much really closer good. to a McDonald's Cinematic Universe movie. I want them to bring back Grimace, bring back the Hamburglar because yeah. he was clearly the best, bring back Mayor McCheese. Yeah. What happened to mascots, Ryan? Why did they not do mascots, mascots anymore? What's up with that?
1: Because we all grew up. We all grew up. <laughs> yeah, but there are
0: still children in the world. Don't you yeah, want your, you want your niece to grow up being like, hey, look, it's Ronald McDonald and hey, look, it's Super Mario and all that?
1: <laughs> uh, I'd rather be like, oh man, when's the next Marvel movie coming out? I'll be like, right? <laughs> uh, so. Um, yeah, so Thanos takes Gamora, and uh, and so in in Thanos's throne room, which is really cool. Uh, and so Nebula admits that she knows where the Soul Stone is, which has been the big point of contention because a lot of fans had a lot of crazy theories as to who had the Soul Stone. Which the the one theory that was the most the biggest one. Uh, which was debunked pretty early in the movie, which was that Heimdall had it because his eyes was orange. Right. And on his, chest plate, on his chest plate in Dark World, it actually had a little orange stone in the middle of his chest. So, Did you and, buy into yeah,
0: that theory or did you have a different
1: I, I almost did because I my understanding is that uh, Adam Warlock had the soul stone. So I'm like, someone should have it. But man, the, the, the theories that people wrote, um, that like all this evidence, one and one of which that made me almost think it was Heimdall was they were able to spell out how the stones like was it was like the Tesseract, so T and then um oh man, the uh I can't remember what the Did reality sure? stone was the aether, which is a, and then like, so everyone had like, they had all this stuff. So they're like, okay, so what could H be? And then someone said Heimdall and then here's, here's all the evidence. So that was a crazy epic hunt down for that. So, but it was interesting to see where it was. So first of all, um, torturing Nebula, that actually was again, something again, from the nod to the comics, um, as Thanos does enjoy torturing nebula a lot. Um and so we then cut to uh uh Nefodavilir. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, And uh and then we get Peter Dinklage as the king Eitri himself, which is Ooh. the best, the best thing you could do, and the best way you could do it, it was so Everyone thought he was this weird goat guy. It's supposed to be this weird goat guy that, like, um, works with Mephisto and this whole nine yards. Everyone had this wild, wild theory about it. Oh, but yeah, because he was so announced.
0: Smart. They announced Peter Dinklage, but they didn't say who he was playing. And everybody yeah. was like, when's he going to show up? That's right. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. No one, I, I don't think anyone could have predicted he was E Tree, but it was so well done. I think it was so cool how they did the dwarves in this one. Um, and he uh he takes rocket. Now there's I was watching reviews on this movie and one of the things they said was every time there's like a heavy serious tone um they use too much comedy to break it up. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I kind of think it worked. I think it I think it's still cuz again like yeah, I think they use comedic elements to kind of keep keep like this rhythm going with the movie cuz the movie is a very fast rhythm to it it's it's very like it like event story event story event story, so it kind of had to keep things moving if there was too much story, then it would slow down the pacing so um the scene where where Thor admits that like okay, we need to stop danos this needs to go um he like confesses like that he has literally nothing to lose like that's that's what he tells rocket like I have nothing to lose. And essentially technically nothing to live for anymore. Like this is this has gotta work. Like we gotta stop him. And Rocket kind of breaks it up with a little humor at the end, uh, after Thor walks away. But I, I kind of agree that you didn't need it, but I don't think it was the was a bad choice either.
0: Yeah, Marvel does that. Uh they, they tend to be very light. With, uh, mm. with their tone. And I think that's understandable. And it's also understandable if some people don't care for that. Like, I get it. Maybe you just want something a lot more grim in tone. Uh, and I mean, like, DC will scratch that itch for you because their movies tend to shy away from humor. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I like the balance. I think that Marvel is excellent at uh, being, as Thanos himself puts it, perfectly balanced, as all things should be. I think that it's it's the great, it's the right amount of drama and the right amount of the lightheartedness. And it never beats you over the head with either, at least not in this movie. Uh, It really feels like everything is balanced and everything is right. Um, And it's funny you mentioned the pacing, because I thought this was... I found Infinity War fascinating where because you know me, you know I love my long movies, Ryan. I love oh, hell
1: yeah. you long love movies.
0: Yeah, they're they yeah. make me excited. And Infinity War, for some reason I always assumed before it came out, I assumed Infinity War was gonna be really, really long. And the runtime for Infinity War, I think, is only like I say only, but it's like two hours and thirty-one minutes or something like that, or maybe mm-hmm. maybe two thirty on the dot which to most people is long. To me, that's like, to me, like a movie qualifies as long when it hits like 245. Um, So like in my my head, Infinity War was going to be as long as Endgame. And then it came out and it, it wasn't. It was like a full half hour shorter. But what I found interesting was Infinity War, while I was sitting through it for the first time, felt like a long movie and Endgame didn't. And I don't say that as, um, like, I don't say that as a criticism of either of them. I just had that feeling like it, it reminded me of when I was watching The Fellowship of the Ring for the first time. And going into The Fellowship of the Ring, I didn't know that was going to be as long as it was. So I remember sitting, and I'm in the theater, and I was sitting next to my dad, and he was like, "Man, like, he turned to me, he's like, that whole stuff in the Shire was a long time ago. How long is this movie?" And I felt the same way in Infinity War for some reason, like at this point where we're meeting the dwarf and and Thor is going and he's forging his his hammer and stuff. I remember sitting in the theater thinking like, you know who I haven't seen in a long time? Iron Man. Like this feels like a really long movie. And and it was when I got out of it and I remember looking up like, what was the runtime of that? I was fascinated by the fact that it was only 2.30 because to me it, it had the psychological makings of epic three-hour juggernaut and mm-hmm. I, again i don't say that as a negative at all i i just i thought it was really interesting that it had that effect on me where i'm like where's iron man like i haven't seen him in so long did you yeah. Yeah, am i crazy or did you feel this too at all throughout this
1: um actually i think i was too kind of like <laughs> taking in everything like there's this, there's a lot going on here and yes, I, I yeah like For me, I I did kind of, yeah, I did kind of wonder that a little bit, but I would say overall, I didn't have time to ponder too much on it because, you know, you know, from one event where seeing Thor go to to the Davalier and then another event, we got, you know, uh, we got Spider-Man and Iron Man in space. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a
0: lot going on. It usually happens when they cut to them, like when they start a new scene and it's like, and now we're back with with iron man and spider-man and dr strange and i'm like oh yeah them it's been so long <laughs> like what what are yeah. they up to what's going on on the donut uh, yeah. <laughs> That that's uh i like that feeling though i like feeling like i'm getting a lot of stuff packed into yes. a movie and s- speaking of thor uh i think it's when he's in the the dwarf forge there he says something that i don't think he we've ever learned before in these movies where he says he's 1500 hmm. years old
1: yeah that's true
0: I thought that's, that's curious yeah we never really learn the age of these characters even like normal characters like captain america i couldn't tell you how old he is
1: mm-hmm. i would well no he says it a few times actually <laughs> he, says, he really yeah well well he says that he's been on, on ice for some 50 something years
0: he's been on uh, ice but that, like, how, how old was he when he went in the ice and then mm-hmm. like how many years have passed right like and Tony, Stark, he Tony says, Stark looks like he could be 50, but I don't know how old
1: he is. I would say he's, I would argue he's in his like mid or, or sorry, early to mid 40s.
0: Yeah, I can buy that too. I can buy that yeah. too.
1: Um, and, uh, or even late, maybe late 30s. It, it could, an argument could be made for late 30s, I'd say. Um, so, it's because he's talking about settling down and having a family. So uh, I could, you could argue, you could argue late thirties, uh, mid to late thirties. Uh, anyway, so, but cap, he did say something along the line from take it from a 72 year old or something like that. Like he says, he says how old he is at some point. I can't remember when, but he does say how old he is.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'll have to um, look
1: at that again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, um, so they're at the we meet e tree and then like he talks about how like Thor is supposed to protect them. Uh and I love that they're going to make uh, make him a new hammer, which is wicked. The Thanos killing kind. Uh so mm-hmm. clearly once they mention Stormbreaker, we all know that that is the the famous weapon of uh Beta Ray Bill. Uh so I love the look of it in this movie. <laughs> it is a gorgeous looking axe. Um, and uh yeah and again we get to see the we get to see the heart of a dying star which is the uru uh which is you know the metal that makes Thor's hammer yes. um very cool scene i love i love how they make the hammer i mean it's pretty epic he's holding on to this like ring and literally the power of the suns like firing through thor um uh, oh, yeah and-, and i
0: think the the forging of stormbreaker i think for me personally this is a great if you ever want to if you're ever debating the merits of the MCU with somebody who, Mm -hmm. who doesn't take the MCU seriously, you know, one of those people who complains that it's too silly during the emotional moments and stuff like that. This is, I think think this is a great example of something you could hold up as like, look what Marvel can do. Like you, you have to give Marvel credit for this because this Stormbreaker thing happens back to back with Gamora's uh, death. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I, I think, or, like, and, and Nebula's involved there, too, with, with Gamora and, and and Thanos and the whole dynamic of, like, that's our dad. He's torturing us, blah, blah, blah. But this all happens sort of back-to-back with Thor making Stormbreaker, and I, I couldn't help but stop and think to myself, we have these two scenes back-to-back where yeah. they are intensely emotional scenes. One of them has a purple guy and a green and a blue woman. And the other one has a guy with an eye patch talking to a giant and a raccoon. And there's a tree there too. And they both work who the hell else can pull that off.
1: Who that like only only two brothers, only two two brothers. brothers.
0: Like imagine walking up to somebody in the 1980s who's used to eighties sci-fi and eighties fantasy and saying, there's going to be a movie where there's a purple guy and a blue girl and a green girl and they're fighting, and then there's a, a, a guy who looks like an angel and a pirate had sex, and he's got an eye patch, and there's a big dwarf and a talking <laughs> raccoon and a tree who plays a video game, and it's going to be two back-to-back scenes, and they are going to make you cry. You'd be like, oh, no, yeah. no, they're not. No. No. And that person would be like, you're silly. I live in Reagan's America. Here, have a tab. Because uh, I, I just figured in the 80s, everybody was just drinking tab all the time. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> like, how crazy is it that this movie exists? And it looks the way it does. And it feels mm. the way it does. Those are I things know. that the Marvel haters, and there are lots of them out there. And you know what? Love what you love, baby. You art is subjective. If you don't like Marvel, that's. I hope you love some movies. I hope you love something about film. But if you just hate Marvel just because there's a lot of it or just because you don't like superheroes or you think it's not serious enough, whatever, fine, your taste is your taste. But you can't deny the accomplishment that is something like this.
1: It's true. It's very, very, very good point, actually. <laughs> oh, man, it's it's funny. I had a situation recently where someone's like, oh, uh, isn't that for kids? And it's just like, you just want to, oh, you just want to scream at that person because like, it's true. Like you think about it, like they did just such an incredible job making such a moving, moving story that it speaks to a lot of different audiences. And it's you can't look at it so simply it's not so it's not so black or white in the sense of like it's not just for kids like it's not designed that way yeah. um, and so but you're right you're absolutely right and uh, and it's an incredibly moving story like 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 that thor scene really gets me like the the, the guy literally has nothing to lose yeah. like he like asgard gets like they he loses asgard like the actual city, and then Thanos catches up to the ship, and like they barely get out alive. Like, I'd say most of the population has probably been brutally destroyed, and uh, yes, yeah, so they barely get out alive. He literally and he's lost his entire family, he's lost his dad, he lost his mom, he lost Loki twice the dude has nothing to lose his He's like, best his friend Heimdall
0: been... is gone yeah, nice. he hasn't talked to jane and god knows how long he has no the idea warriors where
1: warriors are dead except yeah. for uh, except for we don't know where lady sith is at this point um but yeah like like that's that's insane so this movie is incredibly moving in that sense and you're right in terms of Look, actually it's funny you say that like they talk about colors in like old school sci-fi movies because you and I love that graffiti style movie um mm. from the 80s which is best represented through movies like Ninja Turtles. Um it if you I, oops, I think that I think that uh when you look at a movie like this it's I think it's the next evolution of those graffiti movies cuz the colors, the tones, the looks of things it definitely still felt graffiti-ish but Um, it looked gorgeous. It just looks so vibrant. I think it's the best descriptive word I can use.
0: Oh, Marvel's so vibrant. And it's like, I I can't get enough of it. And I love how colorful they go. I I feel sorry for anybody who dismisses a thing because they think it's, quote, for kids. I feel sorry for those people. They're probably running around in their business suits. And they're like, I'm doing business. I'm an adult. I shall read the stocks. And... (laughs) You show them anything that's like a little bit colorful or magical and they're like, what is this? This does not have any stocks in it. I'm going to read Forbes magazine now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go to enjoy your cheese and fill out your taxes. That's Uh, what I like. Uh. (laughs) But uh, okay, so let's get back into it. Um, I I love the other scene when, again, they're like banners catching up on all the different Avengers now. He's like, there's a Spider-Man and an (laughs) Ant-Man. yeah um and uh yeah so then they have to the avengers have to go to wakanda which was really cool as well it's good to see again bringing the world all together here nicely uh and i love the humor that uh he's like yo you gotta bow to the king you know <laughs> <laughs> tells, tells Banner. um so we they set up the war scene in wakanda they get the jabari they get um Dora milage they get all of them uh and i love how again cap just has this really good relationship with uh with t'challa it's really nice to see uh and yeah so and i love that shuri i love that shuri's again has a better like i wouldn't say better but well yeah i would say better but she has a better understanding of science, so she's like, oh yeah, why don't you just do it this way? And we didn't think of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. She schools Banner on something. And that <laughs> gives me that gives me so much hope for Black Panther too, because yeah. she she has enough smarts to to take Banner to school. And I'm like, okay, there we go. That tells me everything I need to know yeah. about Shuri. Uh, I have two questions for you now, right? As, as yes. both a Marvel fan and a comic fan. Um, the first one is, is pretty straightforward. The second one is a bit more intense, but first one is what was your reaction when we, we get to Vormir and who shows up, but ghost of Christmas <laughs> future himself, it's a red skull, Ooh. not a scratch doctor, oh, not a scratch,
1: not that scratch doctor. I, uh, okay. So first of all, at this point on the kind of politics side of Marvel, um, though hugo said hugo weaving has kind of boycotted these superhero movies and i get i get where he's coming from i, I get it i get it do i agree with it no but i get it uh because even even um anthony Mackey says that like you know the marvel movies they're fantastic movie experiences um but you look at movies like that in 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 the grand scheme of things, and it is a business. It's it's a business designed to you, uh, obviously to to make a lot of money. That's it's it's designed that way. So it's not meant to be like this very artistic experience. Now Marvel, I would take it a step further and say when you have someone like Feige who cares about the the comics that created these stories and but also looks for directors that have a unique artistic eye for looks and feels of movies it's a bit different but you know they were saying these movies are getting too hollywoody and, and all that stuff but anyways hugo weaving boycotts this thing he said if marvel calls him and, it, and and requires him to come in he would do it but i don't know what happened with the contract there i don't hmm. know why he didn't do it um, still don't know to this day but I love this scene because again, at this point, I I wrote Red Skull off, man. I was just like, I i checked out of that 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 idea a long time ago. And Same. uh oh man. Uh and it's funny too because you can't quite make them out right out of the gate. So when you hear the voice, that's when it gets you. And in the movie theater, thus another reason why movie theaters still need to exist. In the movie theater, when you hear that voice, just the room. He's like, oh, you know, uh, Thanos. You know, this and Gamora, daughter of this. I Um, I like how
0: your Red Skull uh, sounds kind of like water. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Honey, honey. (laughs) Imperial credits. No, sorry. But yeah, no. He's but the guy who plays Red Skull uh, is uh, famous for the. The sitcom, I think, uh, oh my God, Silicon Valley, I think it is.
0: Okay, yeah. I'm, I know nothing about the guy he's playing on, but he's doing a pretty damn good Hugo Weaving. Um, yes. Yeah. He's
1: known for his impersonations. That's what he's, he's uh, definitely known go. for that. Perfect. Uh, I, I will find the actor very shortly. Uh, but um, yeah, he's known for doing impressions in this Uh yeah, it so was his name is weird. Ross Ma, Ma, Ross Ross Mark Marquand?
0: Ross Marquand. Okay. Good on Marquand. you, Ross Marquand. Yeah. You sounded just like you it was really nice to see Red Skull. I, I had also mm. written him off and there was lots of talk of like, when are we gonna see him again? Will we see him again? Uh and it was I think it was a perfect place to put him, and that's his life now. He just sits on this mountain. He's like, mm. What's up? Uh I know your parents' names, don't ask me how. Uh, this is how you get the orange stone. Mm. And that leads me to my second question for you here is, all right, so the Orange Stone, the Soul Stone is on Vormir and you got to get it by killing somebody you love, throwing them off Pride yep. Rock. Um, yep. But the I know in the comics, the Infinity Stones were different names. Like the Orange One was not necessarily the Soul Stone, right? They were all kind of mixed up. Mm-hmm. But how were they hidden in the comics? Were they hidden in as clever and fun ways as they were here?
1: Yes, yes, they were. I couldn't tell you what... like how and where but yes they were hidden in fun and clever ways or or sometimes a character would have it just for some reason
0: oh cool like for,
1: okay. so for example warlock had the soul stone he was the protector of the soul stone
0: right and was it orange yeah. in the comics too was that
1: one consistent no that one Soulstone soul stone was usually green or it was um it was green or i think it was yellow Ooh, okay
0: yeah. and, and see that too i like that they changed that because it it keeps people on their toes. People who know it really well, yeah. who've probably read the Infinity Gauntlet story like a bazillion times, it keeps them on their toes. So again, it's not like the Harry Potter situation where it's like we're going to make this great movie, which is an awesome movie, yeah. but you're going to know beat for beat what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, like for example, the the one that was orange was uh, was the Space Stone.
0: Ah, so there you go. So mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. yeah, they. They did a great job of pulling the wool over everybody's eyes, even the fan. Um, And now, as the climax of Infinity War uh, comes to its fruition, we get the Battle of Wakanda. Now, Ryan, this cements for me something that I have been saying since we started doing this podcast. Uh, And it it involves the, particularly in the Battle of Wakanda, involves the Black Order. Uh, Because I've said a bunch of times the best way to uh, trump the Avengers one and now trump Infinity War and Endgame, the best way to top it and make it even better than it could ever be is in Avengers five or Avengers six when they fight Christine Everhart, whatever. There's got to be more than one super villain, it's got to be a team mm-hmm. of super villains versus the Avengers. Because when I was watching the Battle of Wakanda, I was just in pure delight of like, okay, who's going to take out Proxima Midnight? who's going to take out call obsidian like, how is this going to work? And I was so pleased with that result. And it's the first time a Marvel movie. And I think the only time now still that a Marvel movie has given that to us.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, I would absolutely agree with you. I think that was, it's definitely rare. I would definitely love to see uh, a civil war scale fight scene with the heroes versus the villains. Like- oh, exactly exactly like and you see
0: those pairings be. like i love the like mm-hmm. how in the beginning of this movie when they're on the street uh, what's the, who's the big guy is he called obsidian the big dude Obsid- uh,
1: call obsidian
0: yeah he's the big beefy one right Who is in the yeah in the yeah so i love how like iron man sees him and he he does the same sort of association that we the audience would where he sees this big mm-hmm. monstrosity and just looks at banner and is like you want a piece like yeah <laughs> he's already making that match up in his head just like we are and just how mm-hmm. like Ebony Ma, on the other hand, is this like skinny dude who's got like witchcraft going on. So automatically mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, Doctor Strange is going to take care of him. That They're they're matched up too. And I love that. And I want to see that happen in this, you know, hypothetical fight where it's like some big guy is going to come out. Well, okay. The Thing. Go get him The Thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah. it's Globerin in time. It's 2024. <laughs> and we're watching the new Avengers movie. And I'm in it now. Uh, uh, you know? Yeah. Mephisto yeah. joins in and then Scarlet Witch is like, I got this. You know?
1: Yeah, I know. I buddy, I know. And and again, that fight scene. Wakanda battle was a lot of fun. It was cool to see all the heroes doing different tactics together, like like they had Falcon and War Machine doing like the, the airway um the flybys and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh and uh <laughs> So the the battle is super fun. I and I love seeing uh Black Panther and Cap like, cuz like clearly you can tell who's like more superhuman, I guess, because Cap and Black Panther seem to outrun most of the group uh because of their their their, super, their enhanced speed. So um that was re- that's always really cool to see. And the battle is just again, it's just gorgeous to watch. Um it's just insane. And uh I love that um uh some call out moments in the battle because i don't i don't think we need to recap it frame for frame here but some cool call out moments here is uh (laughs) is uh the scene when uh they they invade uh the wakanda palace and we're uh working on vision and glaive tries to tries to take him out and uh and then that causes or sorry wanda is is sent out to the fields and she does Wanda again, just wrecking stuff like <laughs> just dropping these giant machines on people and oh man, fighting and oh, it's just gorgeous. Uh, vision fighting Glaive, which is pretty cool. And a fun fact about Glaive is you can only kill him by ki- like impaling him with his own weapon, that's the only way you can kill him. Oh, neat, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing, which is uh which uh we'll talk about a little bit later but yeah the war on wakanda was really really fun is, is a good way to point out but i also want to get to the um the other fight because we have to talk about the other fight before we can get back to the war on wakanda that's right the fight uh, on titan the fight on titan yes and this is oh man these fight scenes are just the scale of them are just, it's just insane uh so first of all the ship as it's uh as we haven't even talked about iron man and spidey yet for a while because i mean we were talking about where they've been but you know they're on the ship together now they've saved dr strange and i love how i love how one of spider man's running gags is he always references pop culture again Mm -hmm. great modernization of the character because naturally a kid at that age that's what they would do right they would watch all these old movies um he's like, and not only that but he,
0: he refers to them as a really old movie my my students are the same way like i'll bring up something like oh you know uh back to the future or whatever and they're like what's that
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh well we have uh interns on, on our team and, and every time we have new interns we always ask them have you seen this movie and we asked him how they see like, for example, one time we asked this guy if he's seen Star Wars because he claims he's a big nerd and he hadn't seen Star Wars at all. <laughs> and we were just my like, coworker Richard and I were just like, oh my god.
0: I picture these interns sounding like the guy from The Simpsons who works at Krusty Burger. Where you're
1: like,
0: <laughs> hey, have you seen any good nerdy movies? And he's like, Well, I saw this really old movie called Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly right so it's it but it's it's funny that they that he's making these movie references and so uh it's dr strange and iron man which again i love the relationship between them it's just so good it's such a comic book dialogue uh and then they're introduced to the guardians the fight scene's fun there i think that the line is improvised when they when they say uh let me ask you this one time
0: uh that's
1: (laughs) really funny um but again, I love how Doctor Strange can, like, he talks to the cape, and he's like, don't let him, you know, or, or well, that happens later on. But anyways, he lets the cape take out Drax. And, uh, yeah, the fight scenes are great. And then um, uh, Star-Lord also I thought was interesting was, like, Iron Man's like, oh, you're from Earth, right? And he's like, I'm not from Earth, I'm from Missouri. Which tells me that apparently Quill hasn't studied up on his, uh, you know, when he was on Earth, he didn't study up on uh, space yet. So yeah. no what earth is
0: <laughs> quill quill is lovably dense during this meeting uh, and yeah. it's, it's another great it feels like a crossover i think this in particular uh because we see so many characters meet each other in this movie but this in particular where the guardians meet uh tony and spider-man and dr strange this feels yeah. like one of those old cartoons like the, the banter they have it feels like i'm watching the fox kids cartoon uh, <laughs> yeah it,
1: like exactly. even
0: it, i love mantis's line where strange is going ballistic in his meditation she's like does your friend normally do that <laughs> <It's> so-
1: <laughs> exactly and, and it's it's actually a perfect way to bring up that scene and i love how like the like mantis is like oh we take uh, we take ass <laughs> take names and <laughs> kick or sorry kick names and take ass and uh and all that take stuff ass. um it's it's so good oh uh, but yeah so strange is again totally in his power like strange unleashed man using his powers and he saw all the different outcomes and this was a lot of a lot of speculation as well as all the outcomes he saw um just like just how it could go down and all the stuff um a lot of people were actually hinting at a multiverse kind of event that could take place um and uh yeah the the fight scene with thanos is epic uh we get to see doctor strange unleash the crimson mm-hmm. bands of Sidorak,
0: yes i noticed them and yeah. i was so proud that i knew what they were <laughs> i was like it's the- yes grabs them with the crimson bands of Sidorak.
1: yeah he gra- and and a lot of people today a lot of uh a lot of different movie artists and fans all look at that face and there is a genuine look of fear on Thanos' face when the Crimson Bands of Sidorak land on his uh, land on the gauntlet. And uh, also, he uses the Flames of the Faltine, which is a fire that comes up out of the ground um, with the purple lightning, which was pretty neat. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he uses the dagger, the Daggers of Denok. It looks like he does. Uh, by the sword he's able to create out of his hand. So uh, I thought that might have been a reference. I don't know. It's still unconfirmed. Uh, but I love how he's like creating portals. He creates these little platforms for Quill to step on. Um, also, we see him use uh, the astro form in a cool way, which was really neat. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, this is, but this is what I was going back to and what I've been talking about was strange. This is a fully realized Doctor Strange, and I loved every second. The more spells, show me as much magic as you can with him, because on the movie, how it's going to translate in the movies is going to look so cool, and I loved every second of it.
0: Oh, The the pose he makes, and then all the hands come out, and he's got like eight arms, and it is just it is everything I've ever like, I please let multiverse of madness come out soon. (laughs) I just, I I want it so badly. I cannot wait for more Dr. Strange. He really takes this movie and runs with it. And I love that the whole idea of him coming back out of his multiverse trip here and being like, Mm -hmm. I saw the future. I saw the possibilities. I feel like in any other movie where there's like a big disaster or like a big villain that, that people have to fight, I I feel like there's always sort of a character who says something along these lines, like our, our quest is hopeless or we have but one chance. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. trying to sell the gravity of it. And normally those lines of dialogue kind of get swept under the rug, like in one ear and out the other, because it just feels like they're trying to add this gravitas to it and be like, Ooh, look how dire our situation is. But for some reason, this Dr. Strange thing, it, it clicked with everybody. It Nobody had it go in one ear and out the other. Every single person, mm-hmm. even like casual people, like our friend Tiago, who's not an MCU guy. He just likes Spider-Man. So he went to watch anything with Spider-Man in it. With that Doctor Strange line, he was talking about it after. And he was like, okay, so what do you think that one thing was? And like, even, I was sitting next yeah. to him in the theater. And when Doctor Strange said one chance, I could hear Tiago go like, oh. Like that moment is it's not an original line of dialogue that is like unique to this movie, but something about the way they presented it made it feel important. Whereas other movies would just make it feel like now we have to say how dire this is because it's time to talk about the direness of everything. I don't know how they did it, but the Russos worked magic.
1: It's, I mean, I don't even know where to begin, man. Like there's so much to it. Like it's, it's, it's such a, interesting line and such an interesting thing of dialogue but uh what i love is what i love is the again just the this doctor strange unleashed in this movie like again when we first saw him i would in comparison to when we saw him even i would say almost even in uh ragnarok but like in the first doctor strange movie he is tame he is tame Mm -hmm. in comparison um so it's really cool to see and uh so so we see the fight scene with him and iron man now and iron man does some awesome awesome stuff there uh also to point out spider-man when he shoots the web in the face that actually happened in the comic uh and um yeah so the the fight scenes are fun there they almost get the gauntlet i like and i love how people still get upset about this i know isabella still does that like the whole thing is screwed because Star Lord wanted Gamora, which is true. Mm-hmm. I mean that's, that's such a critical moment uh, as well that like he wanted to know what happened to Gamora, uh, and uh, Iron Man lays down a beatdown on him, pretty good. Uh, and which is interesting because he he hits him hard enough that uh, Thanos says all that for one drop of blood. But in Iron Man two, in the in the beginning. Um with whiplash uh he says uh if you make a if you make God bleed, people uh start to not believe in him
0: Ooh, that's a cool catch, man. I really like that mm-hmm. and that's nope, i mean nope. Thanos fancies himself quite the god, so that's really symbolic of what is going to happen and Iron Man is a mere mortal just with a lot of fancy toys. Uh, yeah. I I like the the Star Lord freaking out thing because uh, it's very human, and yeah, I get it. Like, if Peter Quill had just kept his mouth shut for twenty seconds, then they could have avoided a lot of issues here. But the the interference of of what happens, a, it sells that Peter is human, and this this woman he loved is dead, and that really upsets him. But it also really sells just sort of the and how do I word this and make it sound like I'm. Like I, i'm I know what I'm talking about, and I'm not just dumb but like uh the idea of you know every time there's a crisis in one of these movies and it's not an Avengers movie, a lot of people their default setting is well, like well, why don't you just call the Avengers like that's their yeah. criticism of the movie like oh this is stupid yeah. all they have to do is call the Avengers like and and they decide they don't like the movie for that reason and I think that the Avengers are uh They are very powerful people. And I think it sells the fact that we kind of need a reason for one guy, Thanos, as powerful as he is. We need a way that's plausible for him to be able to stand up to them and in the end to be able to get to this beautiful ending that we're getting to. Because, yeah, all these powerful Avengers swarming him, they'll get that gauntlet. It'll be a, he'll put up a great, he'll put up a really great fight, but they will get that gauntlet because these are some of the most powerful heroes in the, in the universe. So for, for that human moment of Star-Lord to be like, what did you do? And he messes it up. It gives us a reason, a plausible reason to be like, that's why Thanos was able to hold his own against all these people, even though he's one guy.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, oh my god, it's it's crazy. Um man, there's so many things you could so many ways you could dissect this movie. Oh my god. Just
0: like they dissected poor Nebula hanging from this <laughs> and a yeah. bunch of pieces. That's just symbolic of what we do here. Uh but mm-hmm. we do know that uh, Thanos does not get stopped. He gets the gauntlet um and he gets the the time stone from Doctor Strange um which I don't know about you, but I felt like that was I felt comfort that it was Dr. Strange giving it up because I felt like Mm -hmm. he knew this is our, this is just one step towards that one victory. Right. Did you feel the same way? Yeah.
1: I did. Um, but I, it was kind of like, but it was a question of at what cost, right? Like that's, that's what the big kind of, that's what the big kind of thing that they were alluding to was, um, was like, like he, uh, he looks he he pulls first of all the, the the illusion that he pulls the stone from the sky kind of thing was kind of weird um a lot of people felt that he sent off the time stone somewhere in order to for an event to happen and then he brought it back and then gave it to him but i think it was literally just it was an illusion where it was like camouflaged and then he just like pulled it out of being camouflaged um and yeah i i did i did feel that way and i would say that also um when tony stark's looking at him and just saying uh what did you do and he's like we're in the end game now so clearly that meant that like the fight's not over yet like it's just like this is the next stage but it also kind of has an eerie duality to that phrase meaning meaning that maybe this is leading to the end right so so yeah it's it's such a dark thing um but, uh, so Thanos then goes back to Wakanda, but at this point Thor's come in and th- again, Thor just wrecking house. Oh my God. Thor, I, <laughs> when think, Thor I think, think that's, that's is, the biggest audience pop ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, there was a, there's a small like moment of like shock that you could feel in the audience when Stark gets impaled with the sword. Um, and people were just like, "What is going on?" And uh, I could definitely feel it in the theater when we were when we were watching it together. And then mm-hmm. the other thing was in this the scene, yeah, when Thor comes in, people were cheering, and we had the hammer. And we we're just like, "Yeah!" Um, but yeah, Thor just, oh my god, takes it out. And then I love that Rocket's like die, space dogs, and just shooting people, asking uh, Winter Soldier for his arm, and um, oh, great fight scene. But yeah, so Thanos comes in and uh, this this scene is insane. So again, they're all decking it out and fighting and, and they're trying to get the Thanos and Banner can't get Hulk out. So that's really interesting as well. And the speculation is, is that, again, and I think it's confirmed in Endgame is that, yeah, like I think Hulk would, got his world pretty rocked because he's usually a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, Banner usually uses them as like a last resort kind of thing and and hulk's now scared like scared of his own mortality against thanos right so
0: yeah, i'd be scared too man thanos is a purple mm-hmm. people person
1: exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly so so using the hulk buster which is really cool um so as that fight scene's happening like it's it's just you just see like thanos is steamrolling his way through All these people, and I love how Cap comes in and fights him. That's definitely a scene from the comics. But Cap can get a couple blows in there, kind of go almost toe to toe for with him. He lands in a few hits, and um, uh, yeah, he lands in a few hits, really good. And it's it's a really strong moment. But uh, man, standing on his own feet. Oh,
0: when he grabs Thanos's hand, that sort of like just he's he's holding his ground and he's keeping him from closing his fist. And Thanos does that like Josh Brolin has that great little bit of acting where he looks at them and he's like, who is this puny man who is standing up to me like he's doing a good job. And then when Thanos finally bests him and he just clocks Cap in the face for a second in the theater, I was like, did he just kill him? Because like that's a big fist and that's a little head. Uh, I thought Cap was dead there. For like
1: a I no, thing. I I didn't think Cap was dead. Like, let's get real here. But like, <laughs> I, I mean, I just
0: thought scary. he was dead. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> he, that's a big yeah. first time. I was like, that <laughs> his brain is jelly. Like, that's it.
1: <laughs> Definitely super concussed. That's for sure. That's oh. for sure. Um, but this is an interesting scene. So we get the scene with Wanda and Vision. Wanda Vision. Um,
0: vision, Wanda vision. Wanda
1: vision. Uh, We get this beautiful scene. And again, this just, I, it just goes to show you how much of Wanda's story is like underrated. Yeah. Like her story is so incredibly underrated. And um, so, and the reason why I say that is like, first they talk about uh, not trading lives and, 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 you know, In the scene back at the Avengers HQ, uh, Wanda looks at Visions like, "We're not going to have this discussion. Like, it's just not possible." And then Cap's like, "Yeah, we're not going to trade lives." Also, bringing Cap back to the uh, the point of of like, "Well, you you did that. Why why can't I do that?" And it's like, "Well, you know, Cap Cap's one of those people that believes like there has to be a solution. Like like you see it in Age of Ultron." When he's like, I need solutions. Like that is like he's like, oh, if we detonate it now, like, well, you know, a few of us will die. But like, hey, like, you know, better than you know, the needs of the many, right? Right. Uh, and and Cap's like, no, I need a, I need a solution. Like he will he will keep fight keep fighting until a solution's made, uh, which is interesting. So, so also in that conversation, Wanda realizes she's the only one powerful enough to take out Vision. Thus. She's the only one who can get him and she loves him, which is and just that is, heartbreaking.
0: Oh that is so God. heartbreaking.
1: So heartbreaking. And, and so in the, in the forest, uh, they end up killing Corvus glaive with his own glaive, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, you're right. Corvus. Yeah. Go back
0: to glaive town.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and then this is, so we see Wanda like just, using her power on vision and just imagine like it doesn't happen instantly. Like she's slowly killing him and she has to watch that as someone who's doing it to him. Um, And then Thanos is coming for him. And then she now has to fight Thanos and destroy vision at the same time, which was just so hard to watch. Um, Just so painful. And she ends up killing him. And Thanos is just like, yeah, good try. And then just brings him back to life and then kills Vision in front of Wanda, Oh, which God. is insane.
0: And it's like, especially now, now that we've seen Wanda Vision and like we've seen just what a sweet guy Vision is. He's just like yeah. a total sweetheart. The idea of, of putting him in agony like that. And then I love the visual decision of when Vision is dead, his colors fade. Yes, and it becomes yeah. this, this gray, really robot looking thing. It's powerful, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that moment... Was when the higher ups at MCU and Feige and everybody looked at that and said, These two need a spin off. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's the catalyst for that because that is so powerful and like their whole relationship really just kind of happens in the background throughout these movies. So that moment, I think, is where somebody looked at it and said, This deserves spotlight now. Like we can't keep ignoring how great this is.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, no, exactly, man. It's uh, it's pretty. In- it's a pretty intense moment, and so he gets the, he gets the stone, puts it on his uh, gauntlet, and like, at this point, you're, for I, for me, I lost all concept of how far we made it into the movie. So for me, I'm just like, I'm just like a kid. Like I'm just like a kid, just in shock and awe that this villain is is winning, and I'm like this, this like you know, this is getting. I I didn't realize it was getting close to the end. I'm like, oh man, how are they gonna turn this around? kind of thing. Cause like, and I'll 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 kind of I'll I'll explain when we get there. But anyway, so Thor comes in. Oh my god. Thor comes in, throwing the axe, impales him, uh, which is pretty crazy. Uh did not see that coming, by the way. Neither did Thanos. Uh, yeah, <laughs> neither did Thanos. And then we see the shot snaps the fingers uh and it's definitely again same like the comic books a big white flash of light uh and uh oh man just should have gone for the head what a dark line oh so good now we we both
0: knew that this was going to be a two-parter yes at this point we we
1: knew it was yeah we knew it was gonna be two-parter
0: we knew there was part one and part two but did you have any inkling Ryan that this movie was going to end the way it did?
1: Actually no, I didn't. I uh-huh. honestly didn't didn't think it was going to end the way it did. I knew I so I I think I kind of wanted to wanted it to play out like Star Wars where M- an empire strikes back like you know the villain wins. But there's still this moment of hope where it's like they start to turn things around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it may have like, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I, I don't know how it would have went down. But I thought like maybe more heroes would have survived or something. But uh, this, is where, this is where it gets pretty intense. So everyone's kind of dusting away and all this stuff. Uh, and for me, yeah, for me, there was a moment of like, it can't end like this. Like, it just, it can't. <laughs> and it, no no full well knowing that like we'd have to wait like what like a year and a half before uh, we see it again um
0: about a year i think it was almost a-
1: exactly a year
0: cuz it was may or no less than a year it was may when infinity war mm-hmm. came out or april yeah yeah and then end game came out the following like late march
1: yeah so still, it was you had to wait a while. <laughs> and mm-hmm. The next movie was Ant-Man and the Wasp. So you're like, clearly, you know, we're not going to get a lot from that. Yeah. But, what? Uh, this
0: isn't important right now. We don't care about heists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't care about the freaking, you know, quantum heist or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think the biggest memory I have from that, seeing that movie with you guys um, is just feeling the silence in the movie theater. Man. and you could feel this kind of gravity of silence and uh and like there were some really tough moments like like parker fading away um saying he's not ready and he's like i don't want to die and then just like fades right right in front of tony which is like whew, horrific um which interesting enough uh you see you see Stark uh hold on to his left hand, I think it is. He's he's really holding on to his left hand, uh, which is again mad continuity uh because that's where he was shot by the tank and he was his arm was broken.
0: Right, yeah, he's still favoring that left hand. Yeah, yeah he now still the,
1: favors the left hand.
0: The silence of the snap is so key because they didn't put any score underneath it it's nope. just sound effects and dialogue they didn't need music like mm-hmm. we it's powerful enough without music so everybody in the theater is forced to lean forward and they're forced yeah. to just listen to what's happening and you hear just like the wind whistling through the trees in wakanda and then next thing you know winter soldier is just like whoa and he's just he's gone he's like the wind takes him and he's he's done that's it and they like Now with the hindsight, like we know, yeah, okay, they came back, but still they really died. All those people really did die in that moment. And to think about the fact that we saw a a comic book movie where that happened. And particularly like you bring up the Spider-Man thing. I mean, that is we Spider-Man was our childhood hero. And we sat through a movie where at the end, not only did he die, but he like died on his back crying and saying like, I'm scared. I don't want to go. Yeah. How how did this happen? How did we get here? We, we got this movie and it, it's just, it's leagues ahead of anything that a comic book movie has ever attempted to do. And it works.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely works, man. It works so well. I mean, not only that, I think one of the other hardest ones to watch was a Koye. Um, with uh Ikoye, with uh, T'Challa and you could just see her face just like melt essentially oh. because like, cause like she loses her King right in front of her. Like, yeah. And he, he's right helping
0: him. her up. He's there. Yeah. He's like, Come on. This is no place to die. And then how would he goes? Yeah.
1: And the other thing that I didn't notice the first time, but watching it again, I did, I did notice, um, is that as you, as the shot pans out, you actually hear less and less birds chirping. Oh, wow. As, as it goes. So it's, it's quite, it's pretty crazy that that went down. Um, so yeah, uh, just pure still and silenceness. It's pretty crazy. Um, and uh, just, I just remember just pure silence in the theater. And, and even when the movie just ends Uh, With Thanos in the garden, um, which is a classic reference to the comics, uh, you know, that just people were left in silence, man. That's all we can say.
0: Yeah, he's just chilling. He's chilling on his farm. We I don't think we had any music from the snap to the end credits. I don't think there's a single note of music. Everybody's just sitting there in silence. And then when Thanos sits down and he just looks out at that sunset and he smiles. And then we cut to black and it says Avengers infinity war um, or rather, I think it says directed by Joe Anthony Russo. It's just like, <laughs> I just remember sitting there like they did it. They, they made this movie. They, they did it. And it's, yeah. that's when there's, uh, I remember mentioning this to you like really early in one of our first episodes of this podcast, like that's when that meme hit the internet. And I'm like, this is the most accurate meme ever where it was the shot of of uh Steve Rogers and uh and the Falcon in the Winter Soldier movie uh, and they're jogging and over the Falcon's face is the DC logo and over Cap's face is the Marvel logo and Cap is saying on your left <laughs>
1: um,
0: like this uh, like when this ended like that I'm like like how is a- every other company that makes comic book movies or every other company that makes like blockbuster movies in particular but like dc in general like they must be pooping their pants right now thinking like yeah. how the hell do we go up against this how
1: yeah how yeah yeah it's oh man it's uh it's crazy yeah it's how 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 can how can dc do a movie like that right like like yes you have you have doomsday and which is poorly done in yeah. Batman versus Superman. But again, like you need an event like that in order to, to really hit home with, with fans, but you need to build, you need to build that. You need Exactly.
0: To, you need, that's the, yeah. you just said the keyword there and you need to build it. And what, when I think in my head of like, okay, what's a super sad moment from DC comics that could be, you know, their equivalent of this, the death of Superman is the first thing that comes to mind. And then you're right. they, squandered that right away in their second movie with no buildup and it's like you know 10 minutes before the movie ends here's doomsday and superman's dead Uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah and which again didn't have which again superman in the comics when when death of superman happened you mentioned this last time um he, uh, you know, like he was all over the news, like Superman in the comics is dead. Like, like yeah. that was the news, like that the was real huge. world
0: news, the real world news. People were yeah. being interviewed. Uh, yeah. and I remember there was somebody who was doing an interview with Roseanne, um, Roseanne Barr. And it was like shortly after the, those comics had come out and I can't remember what they asked her. I think somebody asked her, like, what would you do if you had three wishes or if you had magic powers or something like that? and Roseanne Barr's answer in this interview literally was I'd find the sons of bitches responsible for the death of Superman and make them pay
1: (laughs) yeah it's but what's crazy what's crazy is um what's crazy about it is is that is that uh the movie didn't even have the nearly the same impact like I don't even remember people talking about it all that much afterwards like like, yeah, people are like, "Oh, it happened," and that's yeah. it. Like this, people were lost, confused, sad, angry. Like this movie left people in like the craziest mind frame. <laughs>
0: it, like, imagine if I had told you in 1993, Ryan, I had told little Ryan, "You're gonna watch a movie <laughs> one day where Thanos <laughs> kills Spider-Man at the end, and we see Peter die, and we see him crying as he dies." Imagine I told you that
1: I would, I would, I would turn it, I would become like a Bruce Wayne. I would, I would <laughs> become a vengeful angry man just to find you in the future. And just first of all, angry that you told me and, uh, <laughs> and vengeful that I had to find out that way.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to take that kind of news just because of like, Cause like Spider Man at the time was so full of promise in life and like you know like just making things work, um, but yeah, yeah. I just remember everyone. Even when we walked out of the movie theater, like usually people are all like, "Oh man, it was amazing! God, best movie ever." People were quiet and like, "What just happened?" That was the feeling. That was the feeling of walking out of the theater. Was what just happened? And what's crazy about it? So obviously we see the soul world, I guess, which is like this kind of sunsetting experience. And Gamora's like, Oh, did you do it? And like he's like, Yes, yeah, at great costs, and all this stuff. Uh, but we also get the end credit sequence where uh where we see Fury and uh and Maria Hill, and uh he uses the pager, contacts Captain Marvel, which was really cool. We got to see that little nod there. Mm-hmm. Um but in the, yeah, but in the end, people just walked out just like, what just happened?
0: Yeah, the, I've only had one other time in a movie theater where it was a, a crowded theater. And at the end, everybody walked out in stunned silence thinking, what the hell did mm-hmm. I just watch? And I want you to take a guess what, what you think that movie was, because it's the most random thing in the world.
1: Titanic? <laughs>
0: no, think, think the same amount of hype, but a much worse movie.
1: Same amount. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just trying to think. Oh my God, it's not same amount of hype. but same amount not of hype,
0: me. much worse movie. A movie made a ton of money, but nobody, you know, everybody agrees, like, why did this movie get made? Um, and it's the kind of movie where it would end and people would walk out silently and be like,
1: wow, what was that? Like, what did we just see? Was it Cats? (laughs) Oh,
0: God, no. No, not at all. No. It was early (laughs) early 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, man. Early 2000s. What was it? What
1: are you talking
0: about? Uh, Not The Matrix, was it? No,
1: not The Matrix. I'm so lost, dude. I'm I'm at a loss.
0: It was The Passion of the Christ.
1: Oh, my. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. (laughs)
0: everybody it was like it was a pretty full theater and like when the credits rolled you know normally like people are chatting and they're you know you hear people in the theater like oh what'd you think of that or oh that was cool it was just everybody just silently stood up and left
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah uh
0: totally on a negative side of the spectrum not like at least with infinity war it was like wow this was a different kind of wow but yeah that was um that group that we had that gathering at Infinity War. For such a big gathering, we were all pretty quiet until we got out front, and then we were like, "What's going on, man? Is Spider-Man really gone? Is he gone? <laughs> who, who was that lady that Nick Fury pages? Is she gonna bring Spider-Man back? What's happening?" Uh And we went to, I think, a midnight screening because it was the premiere, so it was very late. It was like two thirty by the time we got out. Yeah, it was a that was a long night.
1: Yeah. Oh man, yeah, no, it was it was epic. I I remember even talking to my brother and just being like <laughs> like we we were speechless. It was so speechless. Uh we were so speechless and just just didn't know what to think or what to say. Um so yeah, I, I that movie was an event. And and I will I will still argue to this day that, you know, like when people say, "Oh, you know, that movie doesn't, you know, it's not a movie." And I I agree with you. It's it's not your typical movie. It's an event. That's what you went to see. You went to see an event that the movie, the movie is spread over. Like, I don't know how many films, but, but that it's an event. It's, it literally is a, a cinematic event that it, that represents a huge overarching story. And it's, it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. Nothing like that had existed before. Just like how the first Avengers movie was, an event celebrating, like, we did it. This mm-hmm. is the exact same thing, just the next step of that. It's like, we, we did this now. And again, you have to appreciate that for what it is. And if you're a person who's not a fan of this interconnected sprawl, or you're not a fan of comic book movies, cool, be a fan of what you're a fan of. But yeah, this is, that doesn't make this any less of an accomplishment. It does. Like, you, you can hate cartoons till you're blue mm-hmm. in the face but you can't look at toy story and say that did nothing for the film industry like yeah. that's just yeah. that makes you an idiot if that's that's how you're thinking uh now normally at this point in the show we would visit uh, the marvel memorial cemetery ryan and we would add <laughs> we add some graves to the cemetery now i hope you agree with me on this but i think i'm i'm going to omit adding graves for those who were snapped away because that's sort of a special case a and b yep the cemetery is only so big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I am going to add Loki, Heimdall, Gamora and vision. Cause I, and, and the, I guess the, the four members of the black order, mm-hmm. um, because I think those deaths all count. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gamora is debatable, but yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll take Gamora because yeah, one version of Gamora dies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the time she, we we get her back just like everybody else, but it it's true. not the same I'm way though. Probably, yeah, it's not the same way. So I think she still counts as mm-hmm. a death. Um, yep. So wow. So I'm gonna put the whole. I think the Black Order gets their own um, their own gravestone here, where it's like it's those four statues of the four yeah. from yeah. the the uh, the D23, and they're covered in the blankets, and everybody goes to visit that grave thinking it's the Fantastic Four. <laughs> um gamora poor gamora she's mm-hmm. she's gone uh gamora's grave i would imagine is uh a tribute built by nebula for her sister i like to think yep. that she made her a nice little nice little grave and it's like this is my sister and uh we had our differences she was green i was blue but in the end we're just people and we you loved know what each
1: it other. should you know what it should say it should say i won but she means it in a super sad way because she remember she was always trying to beat her
0: Oh, my God, dude. That's brilliant. <laughs> I...
1: It's super dark, but it's... Yeah. Really...
0: Oh, it's not I won with an exclamation point. It's just I won yeah, with a period. And I'm like a sad emoji. Oh, man. Just uh, dot, dot, dot. dot, dot, dot. Oh, God. And then, uh, all right, who's next? Vision. Vision is gone. Um, This, wow, this makes me sad. That Vision is gone. I think that his his grave, I think, deserves to be... Uh, you know what, I think it depends on how Wanda vision ends, but maybe his grave is like a small chunk of land where inside that land is a bubble universe where he's still alive, but it's just built as a (laughs) monument to him. It's it's, it's Westbrook, uh, but it's like, it takes up like 10 feet of space, but you can step into it and there's a a Wanda created vision of vision. Mm -hmm. And when you step inside, he's like, hello. I'm I'm dead, really? but this is what I was like when I wasn't dead. Wanda. Wanda. Uh who am I missing? Who else died? I got oh yeah, Heimdall and Loki. Heimdall, Heimdall and, Loki. and Loki. Oh boy. Heimdall. Well, I think Heimdall's pretty straightforward. He has a statue of him standing with his sword in the, the Bifrost uh pedestal.
1: Yeah.
0: He died the way he lived, opening rainbows. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And then last but not least, poor Loki who, again, we're still going to see him because time travel was a thing. But yep. Loki did die. Um, what, do you, what do you think for Loki's grave? How do we immortalize this character?
1: Your savior has... <laughs> oh, wow. Your
0: savior has arrived. I think that's it. I, I can't yeah. top that. <laughs> that's that's the one. That's the statue. Uh, no, uh,
1: of- no, 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 no. You need to do the... Um... Oh my God. How did Odin, what did Odin call it? The, uh, the tr- the fall and tragedy of Loki of Asgard. What was it?
0: Oh yeah. The tragedy of Loki hero of Asgard or something. Yeah.
1: The tragedy, the, <laughs> that's, that's what I would put. Yeah. The tragedy uh, and the fall of Loki, the hero of Asgard.
0: Matt Damon is constantly standing in front of the gravestone, putting on like a pantomime about the life <laughs> of Loki. And if you like pay him a quarter, he'll tell you like facts about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, And now it's time to rate the infinity wall. We rate it just like Thanos rates things. We give it on a scale of stones of zero infinity stones. If we really thought it was garbage to six infinity stones, if we thought it was pretty damn good. And then if we think it's even more good than pretty damn good, we give it an infinity gauntlet Uh, because that's how dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far.
1: (laughs) Well, I, honestly, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no other way to rate it other than a gauntlet. Like there's not, you can't even celebrate that it's getting a gauntlet because like, it's no. that good. Like it's just that good.
0: Yeah. You can't, it, <laughs> there's no world where this doesn't get an infinity gauntlet from me either. Uh, and, yeah. and you're right. That's such a good way to put it. Like you can't even celebrate the fact that it gets a gauntlet because it's like, of course it does.
1: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. Like-
0: it's like hey did that orgasm feel good what do you think
1: (laughs) but at the same time like like people walked out depressed dazed and confused like like what movie can do that
0: (laughs) i'm I'm glad they walked out of a comic book movie feeling shaken up in a way the comic book movies normally don't because the only other one i can think of that comes close to hitting an ending this powerful was the dark knight rises um so i'm i'm so happy uh and so proud as a comic movie fan and a marvel fan that this exists in as high a quality as it does like
1: again dc on your left on your (laughs) left yeah there's that there's a hilarious video where anthony mackie talks like someone's talking to him about dc uh, and they're like, oh, why do you think Marvel movies are better than DC or something like that? And he's just like, he just he he delivers his best line. He's like, oh, you know, I think with Marvel and DC movies, it's a game of chicken, right? And and he was talking like that. He's like, it's a game of chicken, and there's uh there's two cars. They're they're headed towards each other. And uh and then people were talking like, oh yeah, well, you know, I love this about the movie and this. And he's like, Yep, see, beep beep, I'm like DC Do <laughs> dodging out of the way. So it's it's really funny. If you can find that clip, it's it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on your left, DC, like I I I when 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 Iron Man first came out, we were in acting class and people were telling us that the Batman Begins movie was, like, infinitely better than Iron Man... Or, sorry, Dark Knight was infinitely better than any Iron Man movie or any Marvel movie, and there's nothing that compares to it. And and to be fair, it is an unfair comparison, uh, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, but at the same time, at this point, Marvel movies... If we're comparing all DC movies to all Marvel movies, I... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck, yeah. <laughs>
0: Good luck there. Um, I'm, I'm sure all those all those uh, business people are, are thinking like, oh, what's this movie with, with blue aliens? <mill-> there, there's, no, there's no insider trading in this movie for me. I'm just going to read my issue of Bloomberg. Mergers and acquisitions. Oh, man.
1: Epic. Epic.
0: Epic is the word of the day. And speaking of the day, it is over because we've reached the end of the movie and we've reached the end of this episode of infinity rewatch. And just like MCU itself, we're going to make you wait for end game because you still have to sit through Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel. <laughs> we get to The end game that Dr. Strange alluded to. Uh, oh boy. We're, we're in the end game now though. This is it. This is where it all culminates until phase four. Uh, ryan where can the good people find you if they want to hear you wax
1: poetic on all kinds of different things uh best way to find me is on twitter at crusader online uh if you want to see me live and in person make sure to check me out every tuesday and thursday 2 to 4 p.m eastern standard time on twitch.tv forward slash xbox canada
0: yeah where you're twitching up a storm And you can find me on the uh, social medias. You can find me on the Facebook and on the Instagram at Andrew Fantasia, as well as at YouTube at Andrew Fantasia, where you can come spend some time with me. But please stay six feet away from me. We are in the middle of a pandemic. (sighs) I do not want to lick your germs. Uh, And then you can also find me here on the Rebels Come Podcast Network, talking about Star Wars when I'm not talking about Marvel, uh, and also on my other uh, brand new podcast called business, 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 a business podcast where I sit around (laughs) with various business people talking about how uh, Marvel is for kids and how you know what you have to do is you have to look at the numbers and the numbers tell you everything. I've got a stock portfolio here with your name on it. I talked to Bear Stearns the other day and they had to break their (laughs) proposal for me. Uh, That's that's my first episode is going to be all about my stock proposal to Bear Stearns and it's looking great so far. But that has been Infinity Rewatch. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Until next time, have a marvelous day, and don't forget to snap away.